And it becomes infectious because it's one thing to talk about collecting. But when you start to show people how you live with it, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and let them know that it's accessible and it makes a difference in your quality of life through the example. Then I think that's the strongest way to kind of build interest. Black creativity is unstoppable. The Studio Noise podcast takes you into the studio with Black artists and creatives making the art that moves the culture. You get to feel all the inspiration, technique, and passion behind the people making paintings, making sculptures, making prints, making noise. It's the Studio Noise podcast with your host, Jamal Barber. It's the noise. Yes, it's your boy, Jay Barber. There's a little buzz in the air about my city, Atlanta. There's a bunch of new articles and things going on about the city, how it's starting to be elevated in terms of importance. And after a long time of teasing the art world, could Atlanta be the new big time city in the ecosystem? Who decides when Atlanta has arrived? Who should be the face of this new quote unquote movement, this great new city, (laughs) the new hub for art? Up there with New York and L.A., all them big places. What does the city have or need in order to reach this promise? I know I could go on and walk around the city and talk to random people outside of Magic City. (laughs) You know, and give them a little video on and go viral, all that good stuff. I could do all that. But why? Why would I do that when I could pull up to the new home of black art in the city of Atlanta and talk to the artist and gallery owner, art dealer, all the things who's been on all all the sides of this art ecosystem. I talked to my man, Mr. Najee Dorsey. He jumps on the noise to talk about the ecosystem right here in Atlanta. The ecosystem in terms of when I talk about ecosystem, we're talking about the artists to the collectors, to the galleries, to the art media and background again and how much that plays a big role in what you see and what we experience as artists out here in the world. It all becomes one one big thing. And who else is better to talk to than my man, Najee? So we're going to get into it and dissect it and all that good art talk that you used to right here on The Noise. In Studio Noise, the voice of black art, bringing you the very best in black and temporary art every week, every week, consistently, <laughs> nonstop. We can't help but give you the very best. And we talk about Atlanta today, but reach out and tell me about your city, wherever you at. You, you, in, you in Detroit? Well, you're in Florida somewhere like what are you going Austin? Where where you at? Just reach out. Tell us about your city. Tell us what makes it so great. Uh, That's Studio Noise Podcast at Gmail dot com. Reach out to me. Let me know what's going on in your city. What's good with it. And so the noise, as always, presented by Black Art in America, opening April 1st at the Black Art America Gallery is Kindred. The new exhibition featuring the beautiful, stunning, amazing, (laughs) over the top, like fantastic. Anything you can think of, the brand new works from Kevin Johnson and Akinola Taib. Both artists have amazing portraits and they're speaking to each other in very interesting ways with the colors, with the figures, with the environments, the whole vibe. It's, it's just amazing. You're going to love it. You're going to love this show. I'm right now. I've just become a huge fan of Akinola and I'm already a fan of Kevin. So, so come on down to 1802 Conley Drive. Take it all in April 1st. 2 to 4 p.m. It's the opening reception. Kevin will be there. Your boy Jay Barber will be there. And all the great energy and everything that we have at Bayer will be there too. So you're going to really enjoy it. So get some new stuff in your collection. I promise you, you won't be disappointed. Go head over to blackartamerica.com to learn more. Hope to see you at the show for sure. And after the break, 
That's right. We chopping it up and talking about all the things about art in Atlanta, the ecosystem, all of it. You know the noise, baby. We back. Yes. I'm Steven Towns, I'm a visual artist, and you're listening to Studio Noise. All right, yes, it's your boy Jay Barber, back again at the Black Art America Gallery, 1802 Conley Drive. Y'all hear the ads, y'all know what's going on. I'm sitting up here, uh, chopping it up with my man Najee Dorsey today. What's up, Najee? Oh man, you got it, what's the word? Ah oh, man, we sitting here, man. We was uh, looking for something to do, man. We was gonna do an interview with you. Then was like, nah, man. Let's talk about some other stuff. You know it's like, all right, that's what's up. Shoot, I can't, I can't stick with the program. I gotta <laughs> always gotta throw some, throw a little wrench into it. No, man. man. Man, I'm in my feelings today. Let's not talk about that. <laughs> we got Najee Dorsey, uh, CEO, founder, uh, all the things here at Black Art in America, art dealer, artist. So many perspectives, collector, man, you do everything. Mm. Tell, tell people a little bit about yourself. You my man, you've been on the show before, but remind mm. people who you are. Yeah, so uh, artist, collector, uh, art school dropout, you know, chopped cotton once as a kid <laughs> from the <laughs> South. Uh, but no, man, just, you know, just love art. Uh, love what um, art has presented in my life, you know, in terms of you know, opportunities and connecting with people and going to the different places and, and, and just running to people that, that, that love and have found ways to support, you know, and, you know, Black Heart in America is a, an example of the reinvestment that we've made and the success that we've had as an artist. Uh, I say we in terms of my wife, Satiri and I, but yeah, I'm an artist, um, mixed media artist, primarily photo montage. I sculpt, um, moved to Atlanta in 05. To pursue the, the ideal of, of making it as an artist, you know, I didn't know what that would look like, but um, you know, thankfully, I've been able to forge a path. And uh, in tw- in in 2010, started um, Black Art in America, and you know, the the headquarters is a representation of what we've been able to do over the course of the last 13 years. And you know, we've got a resource of articles and podcasts and. Um, We've hosted events around the country. Many people are taking advantage of the success of, of our industry and, you know, showing in places like Miami Art Basel, just to name, you know, one of the various fairs. But, you know, we were ahead of the curve, I would say, in you know, like 2012 with the whole Do You Basel campaign, getting black people to be even aware that you get this fair taking place, half a billion dollars of art taking uh, taking place, this marketplace that we're that we're not present in. And we've also produced shows in multiple markets. Uh, but now we got a headquarters, man. We got a space where we've taken that online community and say, hey, y'all can come over here and see what we're doing. Yeah, yeah. Mounting regular exhibitions, and we got a host team and staff, a beautiful garden space, uh, 3.5 miles from the airport, uh, Hartsville Jackson in, in Atlanta, and half uh, about two miles from Tyler Perry Studio. But yeah, we here. <laughs> indeed, indeed. And so long career, man. You've been doing, making art for a long time. Full-time mm-hmm. artist for how long? Uh, full full time. Basically, when we moved to Atlanta, but we actually, I first started the show. Um, I had a partial scholarship to the Memphis Academy of Art in '91. In '96 is when I would say I started to develop a passion for art and create 
and look for opportunities, seek out opportunities to show that art. Yeah. And so that's when I started to exhibit in 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 um in Memphis, uh, which is a big city where where I live where I live close to, and Southern Illinois. And we and Satiri and I we had opened up a gallery in the late nineties. It was our first um first venture in having a gallery it was been like in ninety nine in Blyville. Um and then we had a cool space, man. Like we had took over this old JC Penney's that was downtown. Oh wow, yeah. Yep, seventy five hundred square feet in that space. We had a used bookstore, coffee house, uh, huge exhibition space, studio space upstairs. We actually, you know, sponsored a number of events. Very similar to I mean, basically the same thing that we do now. Yeah. You know, yep. uh, that thread was started back in the nineties, and in two thousand and five, uh, decided to you know pursue you know being a full time artist, and that's when I moved to Atlanta. And um, just hit the road running. Yeah. Yeah. And so you've been in the gallery system. You've been an art dealer for a long time, too. Yeah. Yeah. I would say, I mean, because, you know, we had the gallery. We started selling work. That would have, that started actually in the late 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we started Black Art in America, we had to, we had to figure in 2010, we had to figure out a way how to, how to pay for this thing. Oh, yeah. Right? The time, yeah. energy, and effort. <laughs> it don't you pay know, for you, itself. Yeah. yeah. You know a little something about that. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and I would say, man, it took us actually two and a half years to really kind of figure it out. Yeah, you know how to how to become a sustainable uh, company. We spent a lot of time, you know, putting out content and going around doing shows and this and that. Uh, and then I say, hold on, you know, we know all these artists, yeah, <laughs> right? yeah, and we're collecting, yeah. right? And uh, the thought came to mind, like, man, you know, for every collector that that I was fortunate enough to to. Um, to get the, you know, fall in love with my work. I'm like, you know, they're, they're going to be interested in other material. What would happen if I showed them work that I thought was, was wonderful, as wonderful as we thought it was. Yeah. And, uh, so that's kind of what started the second phase of us being art dealers in the, around, uh, 2012, I would say. So we're about 10 years in, um, 10, 11 years into being art dealers. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm I'm saying all this and and, and asking these questions. I know it, but I'm putting it for the audience. So when we start talking, they have a context for what we're talking about. Yeah, for sure. So they know that you are a person that's been on both sides of this kind of art world business Mm -hmm. as a producing artist, as somebody that sell it, as somebody connecting. Mm -hmm. You've done museum shows and all kinds of stuff. So a lot of experience, a lot of expertise that we got right here on the podcast. Want everybody to know, recognize that. You know, yeah. these these ain't just two dudes at the barbershop. No, <laughs> no, chopping it no, up. man. Like, we know a little bit of something. And so you got an article out on Black Art America. It'll be out by the time it's come out. Mm-hmm. Um, painting the moment. The time has come for Atlanta's African-American visual art scene. Uh, article written on Black Art America. It's an interesting article. And so okay. we got to talking about it, man. So mm-hmm. we switching up. This is what we talking about today. Okay. <laughs> we talk about the Atlanta art scene. Yeah. Um. You just recently opened this. This is like one year coming up. In, coming up on um, one year. Coming mm-hmm. up on one year. But you've been uh, Columbus before that. Um, but you've been, like I said, done shows all over the place. Tell me how you see the Atlanta art scene now that you've moved in. Kind of you lived with it a little mm-hmm. bit. Like, what's mm-hmm. your observations? I mean, it's 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 growing. Um, I mean, like when I moved here in, in 05, I moved here as an artist. And, you know, the artists, we say, you know typically say that you know you can't you you could create here but you the base wasn't here to support and i would say we're still we're still struggling to cultivate the collector base like mm-hmm. you would want but man there's so many different venues to take in art i mean you could almost take in art just about every day of the week multiple opportunities to go to openings receptions programming i mean you take a look at everybody from 
you know, the National Black Art Festival doing programming, arts exchange, the various galleries, uh, Zucat, us, um, you know, uh, south uh, over at the Southwest Art Center. You got new new galleries. The UTA popped up, and mm-hmm. um, you know, just a plethora of, of various spaces where you can see work, as well as um, you know, the communes where you got artists like Charlie and Shanique, you know, not Shanika, but Charlie, Lillian Blades, and um, Tracy Morrell and others. Yeah. You know, I can't yep. remember. Janelle's the name. over there. Yep, can't remember the name yep. of that complex, but it's just so many. The West Westview Studio. Westview. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then the spaces at Kevin Sip, who curates, you know, multiple spaces mm-hmm. in the city of Atlanta and, and, and in the surrounding areas. Uh, Brian Aber and, and, and Jonesboro. But there's so many venues and opportunities to take in art, ways to, to present uh, the work of African American artists in the city. And then that's, that doesn't even take into account from a historical standpoint, like the collection at Clark. You know, you take a look right. at Spellman, yeah. you know. Uh, and then you got the majority spaces that that are presenting and showcasing works by uh, artists of color. So, mm-hmm. man, it's it's. I think I think I think it's almost time to really kind of call it for what it is, man. Is is Atlanta <laughs> one of the top art destinations for Black art for Black visual culture? You know, with all the venues we got, the history, yeah. You know, the collections, the collectors. You know, I mean, shit is. Yeah, it's, it's it's a whole thing, and and we've been seeing it grow like a lot, and I've been in. Atlanta art scene. I mean, I was in the Marietta art walks and like doing little shows at coffee shops and mm-hmm. <laughs> all kinds of stuff around Atlanta. Like, you know, so, you know, just being here and seeing how many more opportunities that people have, but also seeing, uh, I think there was a generation. Well, I'll, I'll call it my generation. Cause that's when I came to Atlanta in 03. Mm-hmm. And when I was doing shows with um, Dan, the man and Fabian Williams and mm-hmm. like man, other cats and kind of, we, I figured that that's that's my generation of okay. Atlanta artists, right? Because mm. that's when we were doing shows at the time. It was us doing shows together with each other, connecting, and like you know, putting each other on to articulate and and all this other stuff that that was coming up. And so I do think that it's good for people to see that that it was a, a much stronger version of the art community, I think, than than what was here before, or okay. or is, or it was just different. Because then mm. you know you talk to people like. You talk to the older cats like Gilbert Young. You talk mm-hmm. to Kevin Williams. Mm-hmm. They talk about Carl Owens and mm-hmm. all the people when they used to get together and do figure drawing at the Hammond House mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So, that, so I think it's more of a we didn't know about it, mm-hmm. and then we kind of created our own thing, thinking we were first. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But I think that kind of generation is blossoming, growing, developing, doing museum shows, getting out of town, spreading the word, and then bringing some of that energy back. Yeah. to the city a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what I kind of see happening. So you had a, little, a long list of, of the places uh, right here at the end of the article. Y'all look it up on blackoutamerica.com. You got the Arts Exchange. You got the Apex Museum, Future Gallery. Shout out to Bird. You mm-hmm. got Hammond's House. We got uh, Johnson Lowe, Mint, September Gray, Arnika Dawkins. I mean, it's, it's a whole list of, whole of list. All, all the galleries up here that's talking about. Is that... A rarity. I haven't been in, in many other cities to see kind of what they go on. Man, you know, and when I would visit cities, um, you know, I mean, I wasn't I, w- I wouldn't be there long enough to 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 really investigate. But I never got the impression that they had as many venues. I mean, mm. I've been to Chicago a ton of times, you know, done a number of shows really close to a lot of the, the artists that are there. Uh, same thing in Houston. And, you know, visiting, you know, even like when I visit Philly and New York 
if they got it, I wasn't familiar with it. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like something where people would say, yeah, you know, we've got 10 galleries or we've got 12, you know, venues where you can go, go and seek out this material. So if we're wrong, um, then, you know, please let us know because we want, we want, we want the, we want everybody to know where they can access, you know, black visual culture, black art For sure. around the country. And I'm pretty sure that there's, there, there are several venues even with the list that we've got assimilated, I mean, uh, assembled on Black Art in America, there's there's got to be tons of venues that, that that are not even listed. So if your venue, if you're listening to this and your venue is not listed, please reach out and we'll add you to the list. But I think the argument the argument could be made, and I think you know we're at a we're at a, tur- a turning point uh, where you know it, it 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 a lot is happening. Uh, more and more people, there's more artists than ever. You yeah. know what I mean? Like more artists being generated, more places to, to show and, and various arts. Like the ones that we're showcasing now, this is quote unquote what we consider to be more the fine art. Like what about the, you know, that artists that are doing more, you know, tattoos or street art or things of yeah. that nature. Like yeah. that. we don't have any of those venues listed, but I know like some of that exists. I mean, I'm, I've yeah. never been in the Maya Bailey space, but I mean, he's got a huge community. Oh yeah, his, his stuff is all Peter Street Station. Shout out to Maya City yeah. Inc. All of them doing always doing big things, and he and he's generating a lot of young artists that are coming out of there. Mm-hmm. And so I think you know if that catches your vibe, it kind of attracts people because they do so many. They do poetry, they do film screening, they do the tattoos, they do all kind of theme shows. You know what I'm saying, stuff like that. And so that is also part of like capturing. Um, talented people and giving them the the option to let them know that you can do this yeah. like as a career. And yeah. I think uh, I think that is super valuable, especially mm-hmm. like when people are like you know when you're young man, all you know is that I like to do stuff. Yeah, you know <laughs> I, yeah. I like to I like to paint a little bit. Yeah. I don't know what to do with it but, yet. You know the times are different though, Jamal, because like when I was growing up, I didn't know I didn't know any artist that made a living from art. Yeah, you know I didn't even know this opportunity existed. And so, like, when I moved here in 05 and started to do shows, it was because of me meeting other artists that talked about turn me on to places where you could show. Um, I mean, think about this generation that's growing up with social media. And, you know, they could probably, you know, they can sell as many pieces on social media as they're going to sell at any of the galleries that they may, you know, even try to approach. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the ecosystem is one where... You know, you could be straight out the womb. And I'm saying womb is being a young artist and, you know, start selling for a thousand, fifteen hundred, two thousand. Some of these cats are even asking for way more than that. Well, that didn't exist. Like you had to you had to work your way to that point back in the day. Right. Yeah. You know, and yeah. so people are buying art and accessing art and not everybody is putting these kind of qualifiers on like, you know, what's great art, what's good art or what I should get this and that. People are just finding things to connect with. And that's great for those younger artists. Um, because it creates an opportunity, and then and then they've got the example. They got all of us out here, yeah. And the ones that came before us to say, "Hey, I know I can, I can, I can make it." I mean, how many of us grew up in in the families like, "You want to be a what? You know, <laughs> you better go get a real job." Oh, yeah, yeah. But they see they see Jamal on TV and in museum shows and giving lectures, and like, baby, you might want to, yeah, if you want to be an artist, let's get you some crayons. Yeah, look at that boy up there, <laughs> right. <laughs> So nah, that's that's super true. And so let's talk about the ecosystem a little bit. Like okay. I think it all feeds into each other. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's like like we were just saying about Maya Space, where capturing people that have a little bit of talent, have the desire to do something, not quite sure about the knowledge yet. And then they kind of commune, develop themselves amongst mm-hmm. each other. They push their work to produce more work and that produces mm-hmm. a little bit of energy, a little bit of buzz to get people mm-hmm. in. So mm-hmm. now you bring people in. 
And now they're collecting with people that also have a desire to have this art in their house, the object, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying, itself in the house. And then next thing you know, they catch the bug. Now they mm-hmm. now they looking for where where else can I get some good art? Where can I get some better art? You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. this is all right, but I'm looking for something like this. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Then they move up to the next step. They find Black Art in America or Zucat mm-hmm. or somewhere mm-hmm. else like that. And then that produces more collectors because they tell their friends their friends mm-hmm. go to their house and they start to see oh you where'd you get this from yeah then yeah. they start to connect so now they start expanding that means it's more room for more black art americas <laughs> more zucats more yeah. mint galleries yeah. Yeah. and so i think it's like becomes just like one big thing thing who has more onus to start it to generate it do you know what i mean um. like does it need to be more prominent artists first or do they need to be more galleries first i think that needs to be more access first because i think when people i'm just thinking like when people first access art like they could they can come in and they can see it uh they may not be in a position to buy it they may not think they can afford it you know but the more but the more the more they're surrounded by it and the more opportunities and really like even like you're saying the more buzz is generated you know it becomes uh infectious we can't Forget about like when we talk about this history of, you know, like people becoming acquainted with something and start to collect at certain levels and then try to grow in their collection and, 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 you know, and work. Like think about the National Black Art Festival. Mm, yeah. Yeah. 35 years, yeah. 35 years plus putting on events. And many of those, many of those people that came in, um, you know, people were collecting the bibs and the ponchos and Kevin and Gilbert and Frank Frazier yep. and others. Leroy. You know? Leroy yeah, Campbell, Leroy Campbell and all those, yeah, and, and, and yeah, all of them. And so, like, that was a whole generation of collectors. Many of them come to the galleries. Now I talk about the heyday, mm. you know, but that created buzz. That created opportunity for, for young cats like myself because I came in, like, right after that generation uh, doing art. And that's what led me to Atlanta. I mean, honestly, when you think about because it was a buzz that was created there to say, oh, Atlanta's a spot. Right. You know, and so, like, right. we all feeding, we all feeding this, this energy. Um, but people access art where they access art where they will. You know, we just never know. Like those people, those people that's graduating from school, buying their first print. Mm-hmm. You know, buying their first poster, their first catalog. Like some of them are gonna, you know, gonna want some fine art. Um, but it all feeds. It all feeds into the ecosystem. Whether it, I think it's more of a, it's more of a bottom up than a top down because I think when people start to investigate and start to buy into like you know, following the major magazines or mm-hmm. art tabloids or going to the fairs and going to the blue chip galleries, they don't have a tendency to come back because they, 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 they associate a certain valuation right. and prestige with right. these artists, quote right. unquote, right? Um, the industry is really built from the, bottom, from the bottom up because when people start to just buy work that they can connect with, because not all work, I mean, you know, contrary to belief, you know, you know, people think that all work appreciates. I, I would argue not. No, I work oh, with people yeah, all, the, all the time <laughs> that bought work, that, you know, yeah. 10, 20, 30 years ago <laughs> that's trying to sell it for whatever reason. And, you know, the market hadn't substantiated a, a secondary market for their material. Uh, doesn't mean that it didn't have value as a family heirloom or mm-hmm. cultural relevance or things of value from that standpoint. But we talking about the market, you know, so... Um, I feel like I'm getting on this old man kind of thing. Like I'm, I'm talking about what I was, I was just going back and forth. But anyway, it's just, just um, yeah, it's just you know, art just needs to be accessible. But I think, I think that 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 not enough is is given to like 
the grassroots, the smaller galleries and the and 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 the culture centers and the galleries at any city that build up and cultivate these collectors and provide space for these artists to showcase and present their works. And then, you know, some of them go on to become household names or major gal major gallery artists, get artists that are in fairs and festivals. But there's room there's room for 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 more. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And, you know, I just had a couple episodes ago at uh, Georgia Sohei that started Articulate. Articulate is really great at that. Mm -hmm. Like you can get a lot of like emerging artists from Atlanta, from around Atlanta, uh, get them together in one place and all the collectors can come and, you know, they'll buy work from 100 to, you know, $500. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, that's for a lot of people. That's their first art piece. That's Mm -hmm. where, you know, you can go and buy like a couple of paintings. Mm-hmm. They get in your house and you get a feel for it. And then you come back the next year and you do start to follow these people and hope, hope that they, mm-hmm. they continue to grow. But I'm, I'm always uh, on the side of to not think about the investment of art just yeah. yet. Not when yeah. you, not when you first starting off, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? You, you're a lawyer and you start, you know, doing all right for yourself. You can think mm-hmm. about it like that. Mm-hmm. But if you're just a guy and you like some art, you know what I'm saying? You want something to remind you of your grandma. Right. Like you know, you can get, get someone on the walls, man. Get some on the walls, man. You make your house feel better. Yeah, <laughs> make your house feel better. I'm always a, a pro for that. And so we've seen a lot of um, movement in um, around people being collectors, mm-hmm. right? You know, me and you talked about a little bit about how many more Instagram collector accounts we see. Mm-hmm. You know, and how you know even there's a group here in Atlanta that comes by the gallery mm-hmm. with Natasha and, and Ashley and all of them, they, mm-hmm. they get together and they are collectors as mm-hmm. a group. Yeah. Right? I just recently joined. So oh, look yeah, at that. Yeah. See? <laughs> moving on like George and Wheezy. <laughs> yeah. So talk about that kind of movement that you see. And what do you think is inspiring that? Um, well, just, I mean, just connecting with people who had that same bug that you do, you know, it reminds me of, um, and I love I love that group, and reason reason being because they're getting around to everything. They're you know they're buying and, and supporting the ecosystem. You know the artists are buying from artists, they're buying from galleries. They're being present because sometimes it's just a matter of you know being presence. You know you never know how much that 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 means. So just come out and and participate. But they're building uh, building a network. You know, Atlanta Collectors uh, ACC, and they they're showing up and they're collecting. It's important because. They're putting their money where their mouth is. They're, they're being present. What that does, it helps to build, you know, even more energy. Mm-hmm. I think about um, like Diaspora Rhythms in Chicago. You know, they're known. They're, 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 matter of fact, they're about to celebrate 20 years. Wow. Yeah, as a, as a, collectors, a collectors group. And their whole thing is supporting living artists and getting out, being present. They, they even open up, the, open up their homes, which is different. Where people can come in like every year or, or so, they have a number of members open up their homes, and it becomes infectious. Because it's one thing to talk about collecting, but when you start to show people how you live with it, you know what I'm saying, and 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 let them know that it's accessible and it makes a difference in your quality of life through the example, then I think that's the strongest way to kind of build interest. Mm-hmm. And then when you start to get a group of people together that that's their thing, then it becomes it becomes infectious. You know, it becomes a bit competitive because I've been in spaces when we had brand, you know, like a show just open 
and they're there. And before I join the group, I'm there. You know what I'm saying? And so like, you know, we all, you know, just, just yeah, going up red, dotting it, dotting it up, you know, trying to figure out. I got to get my piece first. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, <laughs> yeah, man. And 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 that's um that's a that's a that's a beautiful thing, man. Cause a lot of times, um, you know, you can feel like you're on an island. I hear a lot of collectors say that. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't know um as many people were collecting, you know, as as they are, but they're collectors all over the country. That's why it kind of bothers me when I would hear, you know, artists say, "Well, ain't, ain't no black, you know, black collectors ain't ain't buying my work." Yeah, and I'm like, well, maybe you just need to step up your game, or maybe you need to present <laughs> your work in a space where it's gonna, you know, where the black collectors are. Because I know that there was a difference between some of the earlier shows I was doing that were in predominantly white areas, you're not going to get an influx of black collectors. But if you start, when you start to do black shows that are produced by black people in cities that are predominantly black or have a huge black population, then you stand a chance. But black people out here buying. Yeah. Don't get it twisted. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? There's plenty yeah. of black collectors in Atlanta and around the country. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that's that's what I would say. It's important. Oh, man. How, how spicy you want to get, man? How, how spicy you want to get? Man, I don't know. What would you rate the taste of some of these collectors that, you, that you've met? The t- oh, shit. You ain't got to say it. I'm going to keep it 100. Let me tell you what, 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 what when I meet, because oftentimes, because people know how, how, how active Satir and I are, yeah. are with collecting. Yeah. And you have a great eye for art. Like your collection is really super top notch. I, I would, I would, I would agree with that. And <laughs> and and and, and, I, and I say that not being that's not necessarily being boastful, but because you know, because I'm an artist, because I'm a collector, and I'm a I'm, and I'm a dealer. You know, I I'm, I feel re- really strongly about the talent that I've identified that I've worked with early on that's gone on to reach you know higher levels in the marketplace but as a and so yeah I mean thank you for that I mean I, I mean I love the work that I that we've that we've collected but what I would say is that what was it? the question was about the how would you oh, rate the it? rate the yeah. collectors the one thing that I don't do I don't like to do is because I run into collectors all the time that try to compare their collection to other people mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying yeah and I was like nah that's not that's it's not about that you know what I'm saying? It's about finding the work that you connect with. Now, I say that when I find collectors who are buying original works, you know, with like emerging artists, because some people collect for different reasons, um, passion, prestige, and profit. Mm-hmm. And sometimes there's some overlap. Um, but if you're a collector buying original work and you're trusting your eye and you're growing your collection, like I'm about it. Like I'll, I support that. Show me your eye. Show me your taste. Show me the artists that you love and you're passionate about. And let's talk about why. Um, I think that I think it becomes problematic for me is when it becomes a thing of trophy hunting, mm, you know, yeah. or it becomes a thing of, you know, you got these prints by, you know, these artists, you know, and then I'm, I might look at it a little differently. Now, sometimes I've gone into one house. Let me tell you this. So <laughs> and you can't, you can't, you can't never, um, Sometimes you gotta chuckle. This is the only time I will kind of, kind of be a little bougie or an <laughs> art snob. So I was in Chicago, and, and my man Gene uh, had 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 this 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 guy in the neighborhood, and he was he, he was just talking about how he was a collector, this and that, this and that. And so man, I'd love to see your collection, right? And so we go in, and he has a bunch of framed posters. And he had one of uh, the dogs playing poker, and he said that's his favorite piece. Yeah, and I was like, man, that, this ain't you know what I'm saying? Like, that's the only time. 
I get I get like that, but 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 if you if you if you acquiring works, man, and you supporting these artists, and you find something to connect with, and you buying original works, you know, I, I I support that. I think I think over time, though, the more that you're exposed, you know, and really and really understand like the value of what some of these artists are presenting and doing, you know, you can kind of hone your eye to see the va- the real value of what they're bringing because. A lot of it is repetitive, mm-hmm. you know. Some of you know this um, derivative. You know, derivative is the word that I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. You know, they they find you know some artists that have have popularized a particular style, and then they'll bite off of that. And and so for me, you know, I'm looking for like you know, is this a signature style? What statements are they doing? How are they handling the medium? You know, and you know what stories are they telling? Like what's different about this work? And I could tell like when I you know. I'm going to get the, you know, if I go into a show, I'm going to find the gym. Blackout in America is the place to buy and learn about art on April 7th, Fathers and Father Figures Friday, 6.30 to 8 p.m. Join Jim Alexander, Kevin Williams, and your boy Jamal Barber for a conversation about the role of fathers and father figures and cultivating artistic talents and freedom of self-expression for the children. Moderated by Ramal Toon, author of I Wish My Dad, The Power of Vulnerable Conversation Between Fathers and Sons. Make sure you come through at Atlanta's home for black art, the Black Art America Gallery. That's 1802 Connolly Drive, East Point, Georgia. Go to blackartinamerica.com to learn more. Hi, this is Clarence Hayward, painter and collagist, and you are now listening to Studio Noise. So yeah, that's 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 what I would say. I, no, yeah. I, I agree with that. Now that people ask me to do a lot more like jurying and mm-hmm. like um, you know, picking stuff and curating and. I don't know. Like it's, it's kind of like you just get a sense of like what's the good stuff. Like it shines through. Mm-hmm. Like you know, you put a, a pile of rocks in the floor. Like you could just <laughs> see which one is gold and which one is not. You know yep. what I'm saying? Like yep. it's, it's almost uh, instant. Then I can go into and break down all the formal qualities of like why mm-hmm. it's important. But like it all starts with that. Like you got to just develop um, your eye for being able to see certain things and see them mm-hmm. quickly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and that just comes over time. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. I think people's tastes are likely to change over time, too. Like, it's mm-hmm. rare, but maybe not. Maybe you'd be a better one to ask that question. Like, mm-hmm. was it how, how much growth have you seen people undertake? Like, do you see people, of course, if somebody starts off doing just reproduction poster prints, yeah, they can move into original art and, mm-hmm. and get up into, you know, acrylic paintings and stuff like that. Uh, as they grow but how often do you see people grow like that or do they always like maintain like one particular thing that they like and kind of hold true to it like the whole way you talking in terms of artists in terms or, of collectors oh okay collectors um i don't know man i, I really i mean I, I i well i guess like for for us i'm trying to think how is uh i mean i think I don't I don't think we got a common theme. I think like when I go out and I see a show, you know, it's it's it, it boils down to the work and the statement of the work. Mm-hmm. Um 
but there's no there, I don't have, I, I don't have run, a running thing other than you know it's 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 got to be by a black artist you know um, we do have a few you know artists from the continent that we have a few of their pieces but yeah I don't know I mean it's it's I don't know necessarily how to answer that one because um, you know I'm not collecting based on themes I'm collecting based on the value of the work that I'm getting from it, how it makes us feel, how we feel about the work and what the artist is doing and where we think that they can go with the support of us, um, you know, supporting that work. Like this show, you know, we um, we picked up four pieces from this show. Mm-hmm. We picked up a work by Agape, um, a work by Winter, um, a Wendy Kendricks and a Monica Brown. And I mean, they're all strong pieces in their own right. You know, but there was no there was no common thread other than they were, you know, women artists yeah. presented in the gallery. Right. At the time. Right. Yeah. They just spoke to you. Yeah. Which is a great way to pick work, honestly. <laughs> That's how that's we got idea. our first Jamal. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. So yeah. we talk about um, there was another article that came out from um, Artnet mm-hmm. and is Atlanta art scene finally achieving critical mass there are big signs that point to yes, hmm. as they say. So, like, I don't know. I feel like we talked about this before, so I want you to repeat your answer that you gave to me before about how it, it is almost like a Christopher Columbus thing where it's oh. kind of like this undiscovered space of all these people that are not on the map, quote unquote, on the map, like mm-hmm. New York or L.A. or Miami or something like that. And so it's it's. Tell me how you feel about this. If you get a sense that it's a rush to be the one that uh, pronounces Atlanta as the place to be, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, who gets to who gets to be the person that defines Atlanta as a space, and therefore the expert, the official person to go to about it. You <laughs> yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, as a, as an artist, that's how yeah. I feel. It's like because okay. I've seen. I mean, you know, we've been here making art and doing shows mm-hmm. for twenty years. Mm-hmm. Like, and now all of a sudden, it's like. Oh, UTA is here, so you know. Yeah. Oh, the space is official now. Like we got, you know, everything we need right here in Atlanta. Like you know, like we've been had it. Is that kind of feeling? You well, know what I'm I guess there's a, there's a couple things that come to mind, and 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 you know, one. I mean, from a historical standpoint, I mean, you got the Clark Collection, you got Spelman, you got Hammond's House, you had the Neighborhood Art Center is a name that I couldn't think of prior to Arts Exchange. The Arts Exchange, yeah, yeah, and then. Um, then you had galleries, you know, like when I moved here, Burma and Lynn, a Visca gallery, no, Visca, yeah. you know, they was, they was uh, uh, the top gallery that I knew of in the city. And then you had Todd Gallery and other mm-hmm. galleries over, over time, you know, back in the day. Uh, in terms of, I think, you know, people positioning themselves um, because like we all had this great hope though, man. You know, it's, it's it, and I'm going back to the hope of Atlanta and what Atlanta could be, mm-hmm. you know, like. You know, he's like, man, you got this black Mecca, you got all these celebrities, you got all this, all these educated people that came through the AU Center and, and the black colleges, mm-hmm. you know, you got all these black professionals. And so we always felt like Atlanta, you know, should be, it should be the spot, you know? And I guess the growth of the artists, the various art spaces, and you know, this churning of just, just black visual culture, and then also the mark the marketplace. I think, you know, all those factors has has played a role into like where we are right now, you know. Um, 
if we hadn't had the success of the auction auction records and the the the, the artists that are showing in the fairs, uh, and then the artists that are commanding these huge dollars. I mean, think about Radcliffe, right? I mean, when I'm a ben, I would say I'm a beneficiary of the success of Radcliffe's show at the High Museum mm-hmm. because, but think about the history. Like there was a when when the committee initially went to the High to present the show, they was like they they didn't want to do it, so the committee came up uh, with a guild to, to basically underwrite Radcliffe's show. They didn't think it would be successful, and it ends up being like the third most at the time the third most attended show that they ever had. Like it broke all kind of records. Well, that provided space for people like me because when the Columbus Museum came calling like three years after Radcliffe, I'm I know that they were influenced by the success, you know, and so it's right. just it's just it's just a continuation. And so like when we see the success now, you know, while we read these articles um in other spaces or we see these individuals, you know, presenting themselves as authorities within the field or carving out and creating space for themselves and for others. There was a history that that preceded that, you know, and uh, that's one of the things that we kind of outlined. And then, like, even with us coming and, you know, while I've been in Atlanta for 18 years, you know, we just opened up our headquarters. Like, we're adding to that ecosystem of presenting, yeah. you know, artists and presenting work and telling a story. And it's it, and it's not that it's just it's there's not one story. There's never one story. You know, the beautiful the thing is, like, there's multiple stories that's that's unfolding. There's multiple histories that's taking place. And as much as, you know, myself and Kendra started Atlanta Art Week and Art Consultant and UTA and the galleries that are here are, you know, presenting and creating opportunities for people to take in art. I mean, you're part of that, too, with Studio Noise. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like the documentation that we do through Baya, you know, starting in 2010, you started Studio Noise. 18 20 yeah. yeah 2018 and over the course of this time man you 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 know you're part of the official record of what's been taking place you're part of you know you're an integral part of this ecosystem not only not only local but nationally you know what i'm saying and so like we're all Benny Andrews said it best he said we're all but a cog in the wheel working to perpetuate our culture for, for uh, forward you know what i mean so mm-hmm. it's not about who's taking ownership we're all creating this buzz. You never find a McDonald's without a Burger King up the street. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you, you, you can't have an arts district right. or a culture with just one or two entities. Right. That's the beauty. Of it. And that's why we're saying that Atlanta's thriving. I mean, Atlanta's positioned to really thrive when we can continue to get more buy-in from people supporting the artists, becoming patrons of the cultural centers, coming in and, and taking in the shows and living with this work. Like, we're on the cuffs of something that could be tremendously special. Mm-hmm. I completely agree with that. And so you do have like a lot of milestone places like the Spelman Museum, who has the the Black Portraiture Show. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Clark always has a tremendous collection that gets undervalued. Uh, we just saw Toki Taylor over at Hammond's house. Mm-hmm. And so still all the historical cultural places are still um, thriving, too. You know what I'm saying? I think that that I think that part of that layering of the history is a part of what makes Atlanta special too. Mm-hmm. You know, having been here for so long and seeing so many people and being connected to damn near everybody <laughs> at right. some point, just being around and just being a, a fan of art, a patron of art, just going around and supporting mm-hmm. um, as much as I can to be a part of like this community. Tell me a little bit about the community of Atlanta as you see it or do you or or do you see like even how 
how much the artists are together so much and like interacting with each other. I, well, I guess it depends on what artist you're talking about. Well, like, yeah, you know, everybody loves artists, Jamal. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm saying? But shit, you, you can't know? use me. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, I think I, I mean I don't know, man. It's it's uh, for for me, I can honestly say why. You know, I have camaraderie with my contemporaries. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't feel like I'm I'm in the in the in in. I don't, you know, I'm not one to get invited over for dinner. And I mean, it could be a number of different things or, or, or be invited to, you know, go hang out or something like that. And it could be, you know, just, it could be just me, personality, who knows, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do know that there's a bunch of y'all getting together hanging out. <laughs> just, but, you know, I mean, but the thing is, like, we're here. And I don't know if, um, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I mean, that hadn't been my experience that, you know, of just really hanging out with a lot of artists. I mean, I, I talked to, I talked to a few but most of most of my friends and the people I'm closest with are, you know, um, just regular folk, you know, and 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 I would say like some of them have been influenced by, you know, who I am and what I'm doing and what and 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 the fact that we collect and so them some of them have started to collect, you know, got art in their homes and whatnot. Um, but you can find you the whole thing is about just finding your community, yeah. You know, like whether I'm really close with my contemporaries or not, the reality is we've built something that provide space for them to show or we've promoted their work like i i would argue i can't think of really many artists in the scope of of 13 years well i won't say i can't think of many there's been a ton of artists hundreds of articles hundreds i mean hundreds of articles hundreds of posts on social you know so we've done what we could to support the industry you know yeah um so yeah it's it's um I think that's valuable, and I, you know, don't undersell that part of it. No, you know I mean that's that's yeah. the value. Yeah, that you know is the saying? value because as everybody's like when we talked about um, adding value to the ecosystem, right? Mm-hmm. Like there is a value to you being the one to promote and talk about these shows and make these articles about artists and even the people that you um, bias got behind to boost mm-hmm. up their careers have went on to do mm-hmm. like even more things. So, like you know, that's very valuable. Is it you know? It's not. It's not quite the same as like me and Shaniqua and 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 George and so hey playing Uno with each other. Right. With, with, that's <laughs> but, different. But that's a different type of thing, right? And so yeah. so like your community can look in like a, in a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so, but I think all of it is important because I'm at the collectors dinner we had the other day. I was telling who did I tell one of the collectors that the moment is interesting and I love it. Because, like, when I see, like, Toki do museum stuff, when I see Sachi uh, doing so shows all in different places, when I see Jamel out, you know, getting commissions at the Zuckerman and mm-hmm. all this other stuff, like, we were hanging together when nobody was paying attention. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? In a, in a lot of ways, we fed into each other mm-hmm. in a way to, like, yo, that's dope. Keep going. Mm-hmm. When nobody was giving us money, mm-hmm. we were there egging each other on and get get everybody hyped up to say like yo you're doing good work keep it up yeah you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying and like that little i don't know maybe they'll, they'll tell, tell the story one day about whether or not like hearing from jamal say your work is dope kept them making work when they wanted to give up or something like that i know mm-hmm. i got it for a lot of times when i wanted to give up and mm-hmm. one of my friends or contemporaries talked about how i'm doing good work it's like it just kept me going just long enough before people finally started paying attention. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, you the people see me on TV now, your boy won't always on TV. I was in the basement alone. Shit. A lot of them <laughs> a lot of them nights. Yeah, I remember. A lot of them nights. 
I mean, at first, at first, at first print, you know. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Print and yeah. I mean, I've seen you know, I've seen the journey. We've seen the journey, you know. And I think, I think, I guess, I guess the thing is that, um, you know, everything has a has a place, and you know whether you know, and it, and and whether whether I guess I guess I'm going back to the question about like the camaraderie, you know, everybody doing their thing because I, I mean even. And people and support comes in different ways. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, and not everybody that you think that can help you uh, is in a position to help or willing to help. Um, but I can think about like, dude, I think about, I think about the cats like that we didn't support it from like buying work. Like mm-hmm. I, again, like I said in the, in the thing, like our first Alpha Conte we bought in two thousand and six. You know, or the print that you did, or you know, we got some work by Charlie and 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 so many others. Um, but as a gallery, and I think about the checks we didn't wrote, man, shit, we didn't, you know, <laughs> we did, we did, we did, you know, we did cut a lot of checks, man. People yeah. been, people been able to eat, you yeah. know. I mean, I can even like even catch. I mean, this is a little off topic, you know, because you know it's, it's like relationship. I think about the cats that we work with in the past that you know, unfortunately, like we don't have a relationship with now, for whatever reason. Like you, 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 man, it's like you get. I wish artists can see. From 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 this side of the table, like what it takes to present, create opportunities. You know, let me give you this one example. Like we had um we had a collector that had put some work on put some work on railway, right? On installment, which we gladly do installment. And they were running behind on payment. And so we reached out and said, you know, just you know, you just running a little late, this and that. Is there anything you can do? They got offended, right? They got offended that we would call them. <laughs> Because they were running late on making the installment. And um, and I got a call from, and this has been, you know, about three months back. I got a call from the artist the other day. And he was like, yeah, you know, a friend of theirs had, you know, reached out and was interested in a piece, this, that, and the third. He said, but if they buy something, I'll make sure you get your commission. But the reality is the collector told a friend about the artist that we introduced them to. But they didn't want them to go to the gallery because either they felt embarrassed or felt some kind of way about, nah. about us. Right. You see what I'm saying? And yeah. so they circumvented the gallery and sent them directly to the artist. But thankfully, because of the relationship, the artist is going to make sure that the gallery is whole. But it's, 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 it's certain things that the artists never see, you know, and, 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 and uh, that the gallery has to deal with, you know, dealing with the public, you know, making sure that, this, this, that, that we got staff. You know, we got five people work for Black Art in America. Make sure the staff is here. There were, there were times when one in particular, I remember uh, doing a fair um, in, in Miami doing Basel. And the curator of the fair w- didn't want me to present one particular artist for whatever reason. I didn't know. I took the artist's work there anyway <laughs> and, sold, and sold the work. And then the fair, you know, the, the, fair, the fair director was like, oh, man, I really like the work, this and that, and had me put it out in other spaces. But the, I, we no longer have a relationship with this artist. You know, this artist reached out and was like, you know, I'm going to go a different direction. And I think, you know, mainstream came calling and uh, I think they could take me places. And so that relationship is no longer there. But they have no idea, like, the fight. You know what I'm saying? Like, the things that the things that we do to uh, to put their work out there, to call collectors up, make sure the bills are paid, make sure, you know, and, and make decisions like that to take them to spaces. Um, they don't take those things into account. And... I just wish that they could see it more from like this side of the table. And then that way, me, I might get invited more to the potlucks, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Or the work that we bought. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? The work that we bought when times when times were soft, you know what I'm saying? Just so they can have some change, you know what I'm saying? Or have some money to pay a bill or whatever the case may be. And so um, 
at some point, I think uh, a conversation about the role of the gallery, the role of the dealer, and the things that that we do from this side, mm-hmm. you know, so they can have a little more clarity and understanding that they might have more appreciation for what it takes. Like these things don't happen in a vacuum, man. Black Art in America, this is a million dollar investment. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. With the buying the property, the renovation, the staff, and everything that's here, you know. And so, um, yes, yeah, it's, it's a it's a lot, and I guess it is it, it, not not to make it you know a gripe session about buyer or or you know the whole thing, but this this we're part of the ecosystem too. Yeah, you know what I'm saying, and yeah. we're an integral part because you know I found that it takes. You know, to reach the heights of the market, it takes more than an artist-driven, um, artist-driven market in and of themselves. Right. You got to have entities. Yeah. You got to have entities that's pushing, that's making an investment, creating opportunities, and really pushing the needle with that material and creating opportunities to really, to really go there. And the the, the gallery, the blue chip, quote unquote, blue chip galleries, they got they got teams of people that work there that's really pushing the needle. Yeah. Yeah. On each individual artist. Yeah. Like, that's you know, right. Yeah. Because you don't you don't get um. Like uh, Derek Adams going to Gagosian, like you don't you don't get that you know he went there for a reason, right? <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? Like it's a it's a special thing, Good and job. so you're right because you know recently there's another article about a brother uh, that opened up a gallery in New York and was robbing artists of their money. Yeah, and so like it's it's part of like which side of the story do you relate to the most, mm-hmm. right? Because there you got two different stories. You hear your story mm-hmm. about all the work that you have successfully done and driven and given value to other artists. And then you have another gallery that just straight owes mm-hmm. hundreds of thousands of dollars to like all yeah. these, all these people. And so like artists, they, they team up and they either pair with the artists that were aggrieved or they pair with the gallery that was aggrieved. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so, like, you know, you're right that it, that does need to be a conversation mm-hmm. that we need to like hash out and really think through. But I'm always a proponent for the gallery personally, mm-hmm. because they do so much work like you were describing. And all the galleries do to connect you with people that will actually give you money for the things that you're making. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you're not sitting at your house making stuff in your, in your basement and coming across people that got, you know, $10,000 worth of disposable income for you to, <laughs> to yeah. give to an artist for a thing. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that's not, uh, you know, that takes skill. It takes work. It takes a team, like you mm-hmm. were saying. And so, yeah, we need to make sure we understand each other so mm-hmm. that the, the yeah. ecosystem can still function and everybody can benefit. Like, it's not one thing like, you know, somebody's robbing or taking half your money. They're giving you half the value that you didn't have in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. You know? True that. True so, that. Because, yeah. I I can go on, but I'm not. Nah, that's that's good, man. Look, more conversation like this, man. I'm just posted up, man. Najee sitting around, I'm gonna scoop them up and grab them, start having uh, mad conversations like this <laughs> on the podcast. For sure. But it's good, man. Good, good to chop it up with you, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It ain't gotta be an interview all the time. You know what I'm saying? Oh no, no. It's 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 great, man. It's it's. Uh, I'm really proud of 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 what you've done, your consistency, your dedication, and it's it's paying off, man. And it's just so important. That's why I, I you know, we wanted to support. Uh, from the standpoint of black art in America, but Atlanta, people need to get down here, you know, come see some of the artists, follow them on social, come schedule studio visits, come to the galleries, the, the different events and venues and whatnot. But it's a community that's, that's really uh, coming into its own. I would, I would say. Absolutely. yo, Absolutely. And until you get to Atlanta, connect with the artists in your city, where you, wherever you at, you, go. you know what I'm saying? There's black artists all over the, all over the U S 
doing great work, uh, doing good work that might be great one day. <laughs> hey, they <laughs> doing like, some work. They <laughs> doing. They making drawings. Right. And so, but anyway, <laughs> well, find 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 a great work in your yeah, community. Find them, find them, support the people, man. Because you know, like, uh, if it weren't for Najee buying my one print that <laughs> one time, you know, who knows what Jamal will be. Man, Jamal <laughs> be doing, doing this thing. <laughs> Yeah. But that's what's up, yo. Appreciate you coming on, man. Tell them how to get in contact with them. Tell you how they need to get in contact with the gallery. Yeah, come. So, I mean, follow us on social. Come to the gallery. We're in East Point, eighteen oh two Connolly Drive, East Point. As Jamal would say, Georgia, Georgia, right? <laughs> yeah, and, and you can always find us on, uh, on on your favorite social media platform. But yeah, tune in. Come see us. Come say hey, and uh, we appreciate y'all supporting the arts. Find something to connect with. Find some artists to support find some institutions to support and let's uh let's move this needle forward oh real quick give them a little preview of, of one or two things you got coming up here at the gallery oh yeah so we got uh the next show we're closing uh we're closing by the time this air we would have closed out her voice scenes and we'll be opening kindred featuring the work of kevin johnson and akinola toheed uh from nigeria two artists that we represent very excited about that material and I'm going to say Friday, August 7th, we've got a conversation moderated by Ramal Toon, who wrote a book entitled, I Wish My Dad, Vulnerable Conversations Between Fathers and Sons, talking with artists, Jamal Barber, Jim Alexander, and Kevin Williams about fathers and father figures and their support of uh, creative endeavors and pursuits. So uh, visit blackartinamerica.com and check out our list of events and see what we got coming up next. Oh, yeah. Oh, special exclusive preview. We got a print show coming up here in the summer at Black Art in America. Uh, got your boy Jay Barber in it. We got Rashawn Rucker. We got Steve Prince, Jerusha Graham, Chloe Alexander, and a bunch of selected work from the um, from the bio collection catalog. Like, what are you, what are you going? Yeah. Yeah. So we'll have some Catalyst, some Ella Lewis, and some of the, some of the, the, Ooh, the good Lord. Yeah. Mildred Townsend. You know, we get, we get a little something, something. Oh, so come on. Lord. Yeah. Yes. Come on you know, your boy, you know, you know, I get excited about that printmaking now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's my bag, yo. So look forward to that coming up in the summer, yo. So that's it, Joe. Appreciate you coming on the show, man. Appreciate it being happy to be here. Thank you. And that's it. Another episode of Studio Noise in the Bag. Big shout out to Najee Dorsey. Love chopping it up with my man. He always got great stuff to say. You know you love it. Yes. Next week, we get into the exhibit. Yes, I know y'all been waiting so long. Bringing on some guests. The one and only Jennifer Warren on the podcast. And all my artists out there. Don't worry about if you ain't on MTV yet. Your time gonna come. But it don't come unless you make that noise. Keep doing your thing. Get better. And everything else comes to it. It's your boy, Jay Barber. Studio Noise. I'll see y'all next week. I'm out. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Studio Noise Podcast. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Please take a second to rate us and write a review to make sure everybody knows about the noise. Follow us on Instagram at Studio Noise Podcast. Thank you.